Politicians are a superstitious lot. From some believing if they don't attend every funeral in the county, they'll lose their seat. Or Fianna Fáil's Cahill Crow, who brings a pop-up of Packy Bonner he got in a pack of cornflakes in 1994 with him on big days when he needs a bit of luck. But in recent years, some have started to believe that there's a hex on the month of August. The curse of silly season. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. I've often wondered what you'd find if you conducted a search through all the desk drawers in Leinster House. Certainly more than a few bottles of whiskey, some of which may have been there for quite some time. You can see the the dust on the bottle gathering next to two glasses that were last clinked over a Shannon vote in the 1980s. Books about political dynasties long since forgotten and perhaps, just maybe, a Ouija board or two used primarily for communicating with the politically dead. Those politicians that any self-respecting politician couldn't possibly be seen talking to in public, but would like to conjure the spirit of. If they could somehow summon the ghost of Bertie Ahern's popularity ahead of the next election. If hindsight was foresight, you know, I'd be a billionaire and so would you. Like you can almost picture Michal Martin huddled over the board, candles lit in the background, his mobile phone levitating, trying to summon the pure, bare-arsed chancery of Charlie Hoy. And the picture I have to paint is not, unfortunately, a very cheerful one. As a community, we are living way beyond our means. But what they may also be asking the spoofers and chancers and bluffers that have gone before is that question which seems more and more essential to public life. How do I not get cancelled? And specifically, how do I avoid the curse of August? We've now had three silly season news cycles in a row that have cost people jobs at a time which used to be nice and relaxed for the politicians, quite literally, during their holiday season. And instead... August has become a month for political obituaries. Let's rewind to the August of 2020. Dara Kaliri has resigned as Minister for Agriculture, the second resignation of an agriculture minister in just over a month. Yeah, for people maybe who haven't uh, seen the story, I'm sure that it's very, very few of you. This is on the back of a function, a dinner function uh, held at a hotel in the west of Ireland that Dara Kaliri attended. There was 80 people there. They were split into two groups. There was a partition between them, but it appears that partition really was only pulled part of the way across the room and it was removed for some of the speeches. This was essentially a single function that was a clear breach of guidelines. A clear breach of the guidelines that have existed for several months and a clear breach as well of the new guidelines that had been announced 24 hours before this function went ahead. And it wasn't just Derek Leary who was at it. The last King Corla of the Shanna, Jerry Buttimer, was at it. There were several other politicians at it. Retired politicians as well. There was an EU commissioner at it and Phil Hogan. There was members of the judiciary at it, a retired attorney general. There was lots of people at this dinner. Yeah. Nobody should have been at this dinner. The infamous Golfgate dinner, which broke in August 2020 when nothing else was happening and dominated the news agenda for weeks. Fast forward then to August 2021 and the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, is slammed for creating a UN special envoy job and offering it to his former cabinet colleague, Catherine Zappone. 
every time Fine Gael get caught out in cronyism, and it happens quite regularly, far too regularly, I think, for most people's liking, we hear that we will learn lessons and move on, when in fact, the only lessons that they're actually trying to um, learn from this at all are PR lessons. The whole idea of insider politics, of giving, doing favours for friends and of blatant cronyism, it actually goes to the very heart of this government. And the truth is that when uh, Minister Coveney brought this to um, Cabinet, it was signed off on by every single minister in attendance. That's Fianna Fáil, Green Party and Fianna Gael ministers. And the reason no other minister kicked up a fuss about it is because they know, in all likelihood, they're going to want to be able to do a, a favour for one of their friends You've at some stage in the future. A controversy which led to Zappone not taking the gig, but also saw plans to have multiple UN special envoys across a range of topics ditched entirely after the August news agenda was again dominated by a government controversy. And then 2022 and Junior Minister Robert Troy. After weeks of controversy, he resigns over not properly declaring his property interests. Just to be clear, he, he broke the law repeatedly, right? So the, the Ethics in Public Office Act, that's what says you have to declare your property, yeah. you have to declare your company directorships, you have to declare your contracts with public bodies okay. on at least nine different occasions. Would- he broke. And then he broke the Residential Tenancies Act, which says that if you're a landlord, you have to register your property. This guy was lobbying, like Sean said, was saying we need to make it, well, we need to see how can we help landlords evict tenants in the context of COVID. We need more money to be going to HAP and RAS landlords. Okay, he has a right to do it, you know, it, the state as a, to- as a whole is giving close to a billion euros a year in these schemes to private landlords. But he has to declare that he is personally benefiting from these government policy. So you could see why ministers might try to keep a low profile this year. That's three years on the bounce. There's been a resignation or a job foregone because of some sort of political scandalry. But for me, one of the really interesting what-if questions Would we have gotten the same result if that particular controversy had happened at a different time of the year? Because sort of the end of July through the start of September, it's known as silly season. The parliaments in most countries are away. The courts are shut for large parts of it. People tend to be on holidays in all walks of life. And the schools are off. There's less news happening in many areas. And fewer journalists are around to cover that news as we all take holidays as well. So if a story becomes prominent, especially if it's got a bit of run in it, it can take much more outsized important. I think Golfgate, that's probably as big regardless, given the pressure everyone was under in that particular year of COVID and just the febrile anger that came out of it. But if there's a pawn appointment had gone to Cabinet in, you know, let's say October, busy time around the budget, I'm not so sure it's such a big deal. And in fact, I think she could well be the UN Special Envoy today, even though there would have been some controversy about cronyism and the appointment and all that sort of stuff. I think it it could well have gone overlooked or certainly wouldn't have run the way it did. And the same with Robert Troy. If he hadn't been the only political story for two weeks, if he'd been able to go to ground, as many people do during a controversy and have something else take over, I wonder would he still be a minister today. The irony, of course, being that Derek O'Leary, who resigned during Golfgate, became a minister again once Robert Troy was gone. Sort of the full arc of of his redemption, if you like. And the organisation that I think is most at risk this year in 2023 is RTE. The broadcaster has a number of reports and audits underway in relation to payments to Ryan Tuberty, Toy Show the Musical, voluntary redundancy schemes. And I would imagine it would very much like 
for those not to come back during the month of August, especially given that the initial controversy dominated the airwaves when the news cycle was actually really busy. There was lots that happened, lots of news buried as well, while RT were dominating the agenda. So you can only imagine the froth that would be there if there was another controversy while things are otherwise quiet. Um, I, that's still outstanding work to be done. If that work is not called upon to be done, of course, money goes back. Are you still getting paid by RT at the minute? Yes, I am, yeah. And in, in relation to that verbal agreement in place, um, what are the terms? I'm still, that, I'm st- sorry, in, in, as, 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 a, as a presenter of the radio programme. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I could be out of a job by Friday. The thing I find interesting, though, Silly Season wasn't always controversial. This is actually really only a thing from very recent years. If you look back at the aforementioned Bertie Hearn, for example, in the Celtic Tiger days, reporters used to gushingly follow him to the Galway tent when he started his holidays and then write write these sort of man of the people articles about him you know being in his tracksuit while he's on holiday oh your look isn't isn't he great and a scoop was considered getting the guest list of millionaires and property developers that were going to be at the Galway tent politicians holidays also used to be quite a bit longer they were 13 weeks 13 weeks in the summer of 2003 with another six weeks at Christmas and that changed a bit when Enda Kenny came in in 2011 he reduced the Christmas break to three weeks and the summer recess to nine only nine can you imagine many will think we're finished for the summer but we all know we'll be very busy in our constituencies and drafting policies and legislation Um, but with that said um, that is a wrap folks the doll now stands adjourned until 2pm on Wednesday the 20th of September 2023 but of course, there does need, like in any job, to be people on call. Someone to switch the lights on and the lights off at the end of the day. And how that works is a while before the summer break for the cabinet, a Google spreadsheet goes around to all the ministerial advisors and they're asked to fill in what days their minister would be available on to react to the news of the day, should there be some sort of issue or to do a press conference or release a bit of news or something. So they fill in the days that they can do. And the days they absolutely can't do, the ones when they're away on holidays themselves, for example. And usually there's still a big massive gap in the middle of August at the end of that process. And then there's a lot of back and forth and F off, I'm not doing that, you do that, get someone else to do it. Particularly for the Dublin TDs who are saying, oh, oh, these, you know, these are rural people, you're just letting them off because they're not in Dublin and I just happen to be here. And eventually they get something resembling a rota in place. Some years you used to get ambitious young ministers or junior ministers who would volunteer themselves a lot. Like I remember as a younger reporter, when I was given all the crap August shifts, there was a summer you couldn't get away from Pascal Donahue and another where we told Heather Humphreys at the Minister for August because she was out so much. And they've sort of stopped doing that in recent years, I presume weighing up the risk of saying something stupid and becoming the story yourself being not worth the potential airtime reward. Again, the curse of silly season. And we've also seen examples down through the years where ministers have been called back from their holidays to deal with something. Former British Prime Minister David Cameron, he seemed to make a big thing of this, cutting short his holidays in three years in four. But almost always by like a day, 
like oh I cut short my holidays but you know by 24 hours which cynical old me thinks was a bit of a media ploy to get the kudos of look at me I'm sacrificing my holiday and coming back to take charge when really it was probably all pre-planned famously Boris Johnson cut short his holiday last summer but that was because he saw Liz Tress glowing up in flames and thought he sniffed a return to power which didn't pan out the best known example of this in Irish circles was way back in January of 1982 when there was a big snow a big snow in Ireland that year and the government was making a bit of an arse handling it to be honest people were quite unhappy with the response it was the then tarnished and Labour leader Michael O'Leary who was at home leading the charge and got nicknamed unaffectionately the Minister of Snow at the time so shambolic in fact was the handling that the Taoiseach Gareth Fitzgerald had to cut short his holiday in the Canaries to fly home and deal with it and amazingly he was actually still a little bit bitter over it when he wrote his memoirs years later he spoke of the unreasoning resentment of the public that seemed to have lost any appetite for self-help in a crisis of this kind and added that instead of doing something for themselves the public expected the government would arrive at once to clear not only the road but also the paths of their houses and the front steps as well and you know what I think that would actually be my response too if I had to put down a pina colada and head home from the Canaries to deal with snow from my holiday so as we head into silly season Beware the curse of August. It's ended careers, it's seen people cancelled, and it may soon haunt a pure guru near you. Oh. This episode presented and produced by myself, Sean Defoe, with John Go, the editor, and Lachlan Hart on sound. We'll chat to you next week.